Hello, everyone, and welcome to the audiobook podcast where we cover various books that I wrote in episodic format. We also get bonus episodes, just like this one, where sometimes they're short stories, sometimes they are interviews with authors. This particular one is with the award winning horror author Jennifer Ann Gordon, who we had back in uh, January of this year to talk about some of her work. Uh, mostly about uh, the Hotel series finale, When the Sleeping Dead Still Talk. Now, I'm super excited to have her back because uh, she's been very, very busy um, working with audiobooks. And you can see all of that in, um, in some of her creative process in the written format of this interview. Now, the audio portion is always a little more relaxed, and uh, we covered a lot of stuff. And I've compressed it into about the usual 10 minutes. Uh, we cover some design work, um, what's it like as an author trying to either you either have to outsource that or um, there's some tools available. We talk a bit about that, um, tropes with writing and some of our own tropes, and a bit about audiobooks and how to work with auditions and ACX. So let's welcome award-winning horror author Jennifer Ann Gordon to the blog and podcast. Hey, nice to actually finally meet you. I know. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, just it's always crazy with all the writing and online promoting that it's such a clash of just juggles. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, what do you do? Do you have a real job? Do you work? Yeah, yeah. I've been freelancing. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, I know. Well, technically, I've been unemployed for seven years because I've been freelancing as a designer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> that is awesome. I did. Um, I freelanced for many years. I think probably about four or five. And people are like, "Oh, so you don't work?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> oh no. I'm like, "Oh no, I work 24 hours a day." Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had an Etsy shop where I sold artwork, but then people would always hire me because they liked my artwork, and they were like, "Can you design my logo? Can you design my perfume labels?" So I was doing my art, but I was making real money doing graphic design work. I always tell people, I'm like, I, that's when I made the most money in my life. And then I gave it all up to be a professional ballroom dancer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pay cut was huge. <laughs> the steep decline. <laughs> Very steep decline. It was like, why did I make this choice again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. Eh? It's like design for some reason, it's uh, the dollar value is respected more versus it is yeah and i think you know a a long time ago in computer years uh there wasn't access to all of these great programs that we have now so it was really if you didn't have photoshop and a working knowledge of it you couldn't be a graphic designer so i think people were like i just don't want to learn it i don't want to buy it i don't want anything to do with it yeah. And that that like um I think that mentality is still there even though there are so many programs that just do every I hate to say do everything for you because it's obviously not that but <laughs> they they streamline a lot of it like for some of the stuff that designers don't want to maybe do like uh, Canva's a great platform. Canva's yeah. I'm like god bless Canva and Bookbrush. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so easy to just literally get a review or a quote from your book throw it up there with a 3d image of your book in a cool background and like the amazon logo and you're like done that took five minutes yeah and you're you're set um 
And then, yeah, you still have to like hire a professional eye that just has the the wisdom and the experience for stuff like a book cover or a movie poster or something. Yes. Or like, yeah, I mean, movie posters, book covers, I think things like um, product labels, like things that I think any anybody can kind of do like a, a promo graphic these days because chances are you only use it once you post it on Instagram and then you never use it again because we need content like all the time. Yeah. New stuff too. And that's why if you just start recycling the old stuff that you had someone, you hired someone for, you feel like you should use it, but then you're just going to annoy everyone online because it's just <laughs> same poster. <laughs> I know the stuff I hire people for now, I, I do use it repeatedly, but I, I stick in my, the graphics I do for myself, yeah. which are still pretty good, but I always find designing for myself is harder than designing for other people. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Cause you're in, you're in your own head too much. Yeah. You can, someone else, you can see it from the whole picture and you can help them um, bring it to light where you, when it's your own stuff, there's just, you understand it all. So you think you have to include it all and then it looks busy. <laughs> exactly. Or you're like, I understand it all. So I can go super simple and people will just get it. And they're like, what the hell is this? What does this even mean? And I'm like, what? You don't get it. I mean, I wrote this whole book and I understand it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I try, to, <laughs> I try to hire people to do my graphic design and do graphic design for other people. Good way of doing it. What you mentioned, I've totally been where you think you're being innovative with your own stuff, but no one understands what the hell you're doing. (laughs) And I think I did, I had the same feeling when I was, um, when I was a choreographer, like I loved choreographing for other dancers and their pieces were fantastic. And then if I had to like choreograph for myself, super boring, I was like, I don't know, I guess I can just fake it when I go on stage live. Like I'll figure it out because I know how to dance, but it was, it was like, I would see the pieces I would choreograph for other people. I'm like, oh, that is so good. I should put that thought into my work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like calling my other choreographer friends. I'm like, can you choreograph a piece for me? And they're like, what? You choreographed my piece. And I'm like, yeah, but I just can't do it. Oh, it's kind of like peer reviews. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I always think like somebody else can push my my boundaries and, 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 and make me grow more than I'll make myself grow, which is like what beta readers do, what developmental editors do when they say, this is great, but how about blah? And you're like, oh, I wouldn't have done that on my own. Yeah. Cause you can only see so far and we just get fixated on certain things and tropes or whatever you want to call them <laughs> Yes. <laughs> versus <laughs> someone on the outside can see it and they're like uh just why don't you think of something like this and then, yeah you're like oh that's that's great yeah, yeah. I, i'm working on it like a brand new very top secret work in progress and i'm not allowed to like share it with anybody but i can i let my husband read it and like right away because he's read everything he's just like oh you're doing like a drowning thing again and i'm like <laughs> oh i didn't even like I clearly realized I was writing like, and then he drowned. And it's like a thing I put in like every damn book. And he's like, it's your thing. I mean, maybe that's your trademark. I'm like, is it <laughs> like just a drowning? And I'm like, but I, this was my book that I'm like, look, it's different than everything else. Yeah. 
And like page four, then the guy drowned. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the little hangout. Certain people have Easter eggs, whether it's intentional or not. <laughs> I know. So this time I was like, no, it's intentional. It's a total wink at my other fans. Oh, yeah. And even my husband was like, is it? And I'm like, no, I'm probably changing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for years, my editor would just ream on me for making my characters nod too much. It was just this fallback to they're all George Clooney just bobbing their head. <laughs> I was going to say, what kind of nod though? But, oh, if it's that. <laughs> I've, um, my past two works, everything is just like, and then he crinkled his eyes and then like she crinkled her eyes and there's so much eye crinkling going on. <laughs> and I'm like, do people crinkle their eyes that much? Or have I, am I just watching? Because I have like actors in my head that my characters are based on and they crinkle their eyes. Yeah. So I'm just like, uh, it's a dialogue tag. It's a description. It's everything just to get away from saying he said. It's like his eyes crinkled. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, shut up. Yeah. Cause you're, you're just, when you're writing, it's just like he said, she said, he said, she, she said. said. Like, oh my God. And then you just want to keep yourself engaged with the writing. And then you, but then you fall into something like that. And then the crinkle eyes or the nodding. Crinkle eyes and the nodding. <laughs> or, um, then I started doing this thing where I'm like, I'm just going to include no dialogue tags whatsoever. And the dialogue will be strong enough and people will get it. And of course, people come back with their, this is like two pages of dialogue and I don't know who's talking. And I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one, the, the, how people choose to use dialogue. And everyone's got their own opinion on it. Uh, like I've been told from some some people in the industry to only use said, and then others say it's lazy, but then others say using other words makes you sound snooty, but I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I them both. I think a good, like a good variety, because same thing I've heard. If you're going to use something, just say said. Yes. But don't say it too much. Don't say said too much. Don't, you know, it's better to use a dialogue cue or nothing at all. I've done it with some of my own stuff now that I'm, started to record some audiobooks and i'll read it as a character and then i make it to the end and so he's be like yeah gerald said and i'm like ah shit that's the wrong voice <laughs> yeah well what's funny is so i'm getting audiobooks done but i haven't recorded my own and the same thing like when i'm listening to it like you hear things where i'm like oh is that really what's in the printed book of this like <laughs> did i just use that word three times in one sentence and how did nobody tell me i was doing that yeah, when you when you can hear it, it just changes it. Sometimes it's so beautiful to hear, like for me, because I'm hearing somebody else say my words. Yeah. Like there are parts that obviously the narrator, I don't want to say cared about more than I cared about, but like lines that they really leaned into that I didn't lean into when I was out loud typing them to myself. Like, yeah. cause I do all the, I do all the voices. I'm, you know, it's like a stage play. Yeah. And then I hear somebody else say it and I'm like, oh gosh, that is a beautiful line. Yeah. Or the lines that I think are like, yeah, I can't wait to hear this. And I'm like, oh, they just said it like it was, like it was nothing. Yeah. And maybe that is a better choice. <laughs> yeah. Like you might not even think about what's the prolific thing in the story, but the narrator can pick it out and yeah, motion with it. And you just went through ACX, eh? I did. I did. I had, I was very lucky. Uh, somebody recommended a narrator to me oh. and he was on ACX. His name's Aaron Smith. He's absolutely fantastic. 
And then I got a really great female narrator, Zoe Robinson. She's an opera singer and she's doing From Daylight to Madness. And she killed it, killed it. Like her audition, I started crying and and I'm dead inside. So that's, you know, a good sign. Resurrected the, the, the life in you just so you could cry. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I was curious about that because uh, I, yeah, I, was, I was looked into some of that in the past, but not too deeply. And uh, there's some, a lot of good talent out there. There is. And again, I think the voiceover talent, much like graphic design and things like that, it's, you know, people respect and, and, and pay for it if they can. Uh, But the great thing about ACX is that you can audition people who are willing to do royalty split or, people who are just starting out in the business who have a lower hourly rate. Yeah. Which is nice. Cause like, man, when you look at the straight up cost for some of that too, it's like 3000 bucks or more depending mm-hmm. on the tier of you, what you want and a lot to invest when you've already invested in the book. <laughs> yes. And especially if like, like I didn't even know what I wanted. Like I wouldn't have known if somebody said, okay, you're just hiring somebody and you're hiring their voice and then you have to take care of everything else. That would be crazy. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, because, but a lot of the, the voice actors, the narrators do all of their own editing and everything. And that's fine. But some don't. Yeah. There's like an engineer option in ACX. Yeah. Sound guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other skill set. Exactly. Is there anything specific you want to drop in? I don't know, just like to be on the lookout for my new book coming July 13th. Pretty ugly. I think that's in the print interview too. I think, yeah. That, I think that's pretty good. I think we're good. Cool. Great anyway. job. Yeah, <laughs> for, uh, for chatting with me. Thank you. And that is the end of this bonus episode where we chatted with Jennifer and Gordon. Definitely check out her work. All the links will be in the um, blog post here. And uh, yeah, see what she's up to because she's got a lot coming down the pipeline with audiobooks and of course her books finishing up and her new one that uh, she has more info on. Uh, So follow her, like her stuff, check out her books. And we will continue with the episodic audiobooks. So until next time, ciao.